0: X-Men Monday. We were teased yesterday that we were going to be getting a new X-Book for December. And I I, I was kind of excited because I was like, okay. I mean, I know they said that November was when we were going to get teased for a new team in 2024. Maybe this will be like a prelude to that. That they'll be coy. That we're just going to get that new X-Men team that we've been discussing about. Or better yet, we're going to get a book called Shadow Cat. Shadow Cat with a K. And... I was like, oh, that'll be fun to, like, rip on, you know, on the podcast, because, you know, we... I think Kitty Pride in the Krakoan age, as Captain Kate, has landed really well. But Kitty historically has been a character that's been wayward all over the place. And Shadowcat with a K is the latest cultural sample of that. So I was like, oh, it's going to be Shadowcat with a K solo, and we can talk all about it. But no! It's actually... In, in a twist that no one saw. It's the O5. That's right. We're getting a new 5 book in December called Original X-Men. And I'm just like, who asked for this? Are the nostalgia titles really selling that well? That they're going to go back to the, you know. Are they selling that well that they're going to go back to the well? Are they? I... Amelia, you know, when we started Power of X-Men, we were like, we want to be positive. We want to be, you know, uplifting about everything in, in the community. And I feel like we've been very negative. And, and don't get me wrong. I think for the podcast, I think on the Instagram page, we're very communal. We're all about making sure that we celebrate the X-Men. But, you know, on, on the YouTube channel, I really want to have an opportunity to have, you know, more opinionated (laughs) conversations as a forum where we can really talk about how we truly feel about things while being respectful and nice and being objective. That's what we like being here. We love being objective. So when I say an old five book, yes, I personally, am just like, we've gone to as well so many times. But then, you know, putting on that business hat or business snapback, I'm just like, why? I mean, Anne Senti is doing a storm book that no one is talking about. We had that X-Men Legends series that, you know, when it first came out, we were all kind of excited about, and then no one talked about. I mean, X-Men Legends, let, let me tell you something. It answered the question if Adam X was uh Summer's brother. I, I really love that series, right? I was backing that series quite a bit, and then I was just like, this is just stuff I don't care about anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, with the O5 here, I'm just like, we 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 had Bendis' O5 for a long time. We just saw the O5 again in Gene Grey Issue 1. And... You know, what's the point of having this series? Now, if you're going to tell me this is just a YA comic that's geared towards kids in the way that first class, X-Men first class was, then fine. I I get it. You got to get those younger readers and maybe it's hard to throw them in the deep end. I would always argue, and I know here, here comes a side tangent. I will always argue that you can talk up to your readers. When I was about, what, 10 Fourth grade, whatever that is, when I was in fourth grade, I picked up you know the rogue series and I was able to follow along that rogue mini series with the Terry Dotson art, her first ever solo adventure. I was able to piece things together, and I think that's also why so many of us are still X-Men fans till this day because we were thrown in the deep end So we, we of these stories and we, and we figured it out. And, and it was trying to figure it out that added to our love of that. So, you know, doing an 05 book to get in new, younger readers, I'm like, meh. Now, I will say it probably captures casual readers. You know what I mean? Like, you're with your parents and your parents are like here, take this to read. And you read it, it has a beginning, middle, and end. That's great. So in that regard, an 05 book, I, I understand it. I I truly understand that. But I don't, I, I it, it, this doesn't look like it's a YA book. <laughs> Let's dive into the article. Let's see what X-Men Monday is all about. I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. And I thought this was going to be, again, I thought this was going to be a Shadowcat with a K solo, and I was going to have to run here. Just had to put on my face, you know, make sure my snapback was on correctly and record as fast as possible. And don't get me wrong. This just dropped like 30 minutes ago, but I definitely took my time brushing my teeth <laughs> and walking down Um, But let's let's read the article together for the first time. I'm excited to see what we have to say here. Okay, so X-Men Monday, number 220, Christos Gage talks original X-Men number one in an X-Men Monday exclusive. Get your first look at at December's original X-Men number one by Christos Gage and Greg Land. Uh, Christos Gage. He's done a couple of things. I believe he did Angel and Faith. He wrote the World War Hulk with the X-Men a while ago. Uh, He he did that. He's done X-Men Legacy. I know he does some Spider-Man books as well. And then Greg Land... Um, did Phoenix and Song, and we've had Greg Land on the podcast before. We saw him at MegaCon and we talked to him about Phoenix and Song. He's done stuff for Ultimate, Ultimate, the Ultimate Universe, I, I think Ultimate Fantastic Four specifically. He did Uncanny X Men with Matt Fraction back during the Utopian era. You know, he's a lightning rod of controversy and he was a really nice guy. I have to tell you really nice guy. When I met him, I want him back on the podcast officially when we're not on a con because he was a really nice guy, but you know, there has been accusations of him tracing, you know, reusing images, some poses, especially for the females look like an O face. So there, there's a question about pornography there. I, I, you know, Wherever you land on that, you know, controversy with Greg Land. He's still a lightning rod. So I, I'm curious, it's curious that they're bring him in for this. But yeah, I mean, the, there are images out there where you see that Greg Land has literally taken an image he used in one book and then re just lifted it, change changed it to be another character and put it in another book. So, you know, it's 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 curious that that he's here, but it's a one-shot. So let's see. Okay. Uh, Welcome, X-Fans, to another uncanny edition of X-Men Monday at Adventures in Poor Taste. And surprise! X-Men Monday is proud to exclusively, exclusively announce original X-Men number one, a one-shot written by Christos Gage and illustrated by Greg Land, starring, drumroll please, the original five X-Men. In an all new multiverse spanning adventure for the X Men 60th anniversary. <laughs> We're celebrating the X Men 60th anniversary in December, <laughs> it, at the end of the year. <laughs> okay. Sure, let's do that. That's fine. That's that is fine. I'm sorry, Familia. I'm kind of like moving around here because of the light. Hang on. I'm gonna. We're gonna pause. This is better light right here for in my kitchen. Sorry, Florida light in the morning. Okay. Okay. So where was I? Yes, the X Men 60th anniversary. You know, I I've been curious why we haven't been celebrating the X Men 60th anniversary. I mean. The official anniversary was back in July and not so much of a tweet from Marvel acknowledging 60 years from the X-Men. And there haven't been many programs out there. I think the Kith celebration for the X-Men was a happy, coincidental <laughs> celebration of the X-Men 60th. I don't know if that was planned for their 60th anniversary. We're getting all these variant covers that have the X-Men 60th logo slapped onto them. But there's there hasn't been truly a celebration at Marvel. I guess now at the end of the year, they were just like, hey, we need to get something. So let's do this X-Men original, original X-Men number one, and we'll have it out there. So sure, sure. Okay, let's do it. You won't be able to read this story until it goes on sale, December 2023. But we've got the solicitation, Ryan Stegman's cover, and plenty of artwork. First, that December solicitation. All right, so it's a one-shot. So it's not, again, so it's a one-shot. So it's not even something like how X-Men First Class was, right? Where it was just these stories aimed at a younger audience. So this is very much just a one-and-done as of now. As of now, it's a one-and-done All right, so let's read that solicitation. The O5, the O5 on an all-new adventure. Oh, I see what you did there. All-new X-Men, all-new adventure. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, Marvel loves their compound adjectives. Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Beast, Iceman, and Angel, the first and greatest heroes to bear the X-Men name, once traveled into their own futures and reset the course of history. Now, another multiverse mystery calls them forth. When the dust settles, one hero will remain trapped in the world as we know it. Trapped as in what world. So, so the 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 616 present with shocking surprise guests and heart pounding twists ooh, and turns. Christos Gage and Greg Lamb kick off a story that will shake the whole M.U. You know, I still can't get used to saying M.U., we, I've always said MU growing up, but now I say MCU. So now I can't get used to going back to MU. Okay. Um, So I guess one of the 05 is going to remain in the present. (laughs) That just seems like we've we've done that story before. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The cover looks great. That's a fun cover. Yeah, of course. Like, look at it. Like, they're on top of... it, it, It looks like they're on top of a roof in the city, in New York City. They look great. Look at look at look at Iceman. They're standing all like powerful. They, Iceman and Cyclops have the same pose. Cyclops, I love how they do that power effect. I only first started noticing it during the all new X Men Bendis run, so I don't know if that had been there before. Beast looks so angry. Oh Beast, you can never just be happy. And Jean is standing there. Although Jean's eyes look a little weird to me. I guess they're they're glowing with her power effect. There's like a a reflection. On her power effect there, but yeah, that's fun. It's, listen, that's a, that's a fine cover. That's a mighty fine cover. And we posted it the first thing this morning when I saw it. So mighty fine cover indeed. I don't know if it gets me to want to pick up the book though, (laughs) but you know what? there's that infamous 60 years anniversary logo that I've been bitching about. That's it. That's all it is. That's the only indication that we are celebrating 60 years at the X-Men. And apparently this one shot that comes out at the end of the year, it's like, well, let's shoehorn this in before the year ends. Okay. Okay. Oh, and we also got an exclusive interview with Christos. Yes, we know. That's why we're here. It's in the title. Who is certainly no stranger to X-Fans. Having written X-Men Legacy, X-Men Spider-Man, and other mutant-focused stories. Read on for more details about original X-Men and a whole lot more. Yeah, I mean, his name has come up. I, w- I wouldn't say he was like a Mike Carey, a Grant Morrison, a Matt Fraction, a Marjorie Liu, a Leah Williams... In Jonathan Hickman, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in in that category, but he's written before. Of course, he just they they just outlined everything he's written, and and he's a pretty solid writer, to my understanding. You know, his Angel and Faith were were, were fine from what I remember. I, it's been years since I've read it. I am fine with the creative team. I think that for me, if if I'm saying anything, if I'm picking anything apart here has nothing to do with creative team has more to do with the editorial direction of why we are revisiting the O5 and why one of them is going to be staying in the present (laughs) or, 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 you know, like, haven't we done this before? (laughs) I'm calling it now, Gene, Teen Gene, right? That's the only one people will care about. But I'm sure something in the story will will make it an advocate for like Angel or Beast or something like that. But we'll see, we'll see. I, if I was doing it, I would I would do Teen Gene. Give give the people what they want. They want to see Teen Gene. No one cares for for Angel in the present. It worked, but it, in the okay, we're gonna go on a side right. When the 05 came back, the three characters that I got were well, the four characters the four characters that got the most time you know to to deal with their older selves was teen jean followed by iceman and then i would say cyclops fourth would be beast right and then fifth would be angel so angel was like the least interactive. in fact they didn't even try to like answer questions like at the time angel probably had a lot more question marks around him adult angel had a lot more question marks around him because it had just everything that just happened in uncanny x-force and the and the death seed so I would dare say that, you know, they 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 blew over potential stories for Warren during this time. But it's fine. I mean, they gave him those new wings <laughs> and, and a romance with Wolverine, X-23, Laura. I think she was X-23 still at the time, but Wolverine, Laura, X-23, whatever her moniker was at the time. Not Talon. Okay, so let's dive into this interview. Adventures in Poor Taste. Welcome to X-Men Monday, Christos. Before we dig into original X-Men, let's go back to your beginning. What was your first X-Men experience? Christos says, My first exposure to the X-Men was reading Amazing Spider-Man number 161, where he met and fought Nightcrawler. He's a Spider-Man guy. Spider-Man guy. And there was a cameo of some of the other all-new, all-different X-Men. My first actual X-Men comic was Uncanny X-Men number one oh seven, which really blew my mind because there was a cast of, well, dozens, if not thousands, and it was clearly in the middle of a big cosmic epic. Instead of being confused, I was mesmerized. Oh, I love that. Ah, oh, it's so true. You pick up that one issue and you're thrown into the deep end and you're mesmerized. It, it, it's it's what happened. It's happened to all of us. Despite that, the new X-Men comic I got wasn't until Uncanny X-Men number one hundred thirty nine when kitty pride joined the team i was hooked from then on out yeah i mean listen uncanny x-men number 107 the the image that sticks out to my my mind is the mcron crystal and all the x-men in space it's it's a fantastic issue i i love that i see the, you can always tell the creators that are truly passionate about these characters and and he nailed it again i you, you pick up one issue and you're hooked for life. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. Adventures in poor taste. Original X-Men isn't your first time writing Marvel's Mutants, having written miniseries and runs on series like X-Men Legacy and Astonishing X-Men. Is there a previous X-Store you worked on you're especially proud of? Crystal responds, I feel pretty good about most of the X-Titles I've been lucky enough to work on. I recently got to take a look at X-Men Legacy and thought it held up well, which is mostly due to the genius of artist David Baldon, Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and of course, those stunning Mark Brooks covers. I mean, Mark Brooks was on fire during the X-Men legacy, I agree, era. But I think my favorite X title I've done is World War Hulk X-Men. Now, you might say that was a giant three issue fight scene with all the X-Men fighting the Hulk. Mm, mm. You aren't wrong about that, BB. And you'd be right. Ah, I like this guy. I like him. I don't think I've really read an interview with, with Christos before. Oh, well, I really liked him. And you'd be right. That's exactly what I pitched to the editor when he approved me about the book. But what I think I worked out well is that with the help of the wonderful artist Andrea DeVito, We were able to put in enough character moments that made it all resonate. And at the end, even though World Breaking the Hall pretty much wiped the floor with the X-Men, they had each other and he was alone. So it felt like they won. Oh, that's bravo, BB. Anyway, I look at the miniseries and feel like, yeah, that's one, my kid self would read and look at my adult self and say, not bad. man, (laughs) That's great. That's really great. I am glad. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Again, I love artists and uh, creators and writers who, who have that self-awareness who understand, you know, their art, who understand, you know, why these stories resonate with us so well. And I think, it's been a minute since I read that tie-in to World War Hulk. I, I believe it's so far back. I was working at Wizard, and I actually interviewed Greg Pak for World War Hulk back in like 2007. But that is a good hallmark of the X-Men, that the Hulk is a lone fighter, but the X-Men are a team. and And there is value in having teammates. I love that. Oh, pop-up ad. Hang on. Okay. All right, all right. Let's come on. I, this is all fine and dandy, but I want to get into the original X Men. Okay, adventures in port taste. Okay, on to response. what? <laughs> okay, adventures in port. Sorry, adventures in port taste. Okay, on to original X Men. What's the elevator pitch for this comic? Oh, <laughs> let's get into it. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, Christo says. All right, me get ready for a rant after we're done here. <clears throat> Christo says, essentially, the original X Men are plucked from their era by an older Jean Grey, a.k.a. Phoenix, from a different timeline. This is a middle-aged Jean Grey who wasn't replaced by the Phoenix Force. This is a middle-aged Jean Grey who wasn't replaced by the Phoenix Force. Okay. Instead, she found a way to coexist peacefully with it. Okay, the crazy Jean stand in me is having... I'm sorry to interrupt. Two things. These two sentences, I have two things. One, middle-aged Jean Grey, who wasn't replaced by the Phoenix Force. I, I get it. Canonically, Jean was replaced by the Phoenix Force. But I think at this point, we've reached the point where Jean is a Phoenix and the Phoenix is Jean. So... we've we've kind of unofficially retconned the retcon, right? Because originally she was just, she emerged from the waters and she was Phoenix. And then later on, we were told she was replaced by the Phoenix when they wanted to absolve Jean of the Dark Phoenix saga and bring her back. But now we've all kind of been like, well... Gene is a phoenix and the phoenix is gene that's something that was established in greg Pak's phoenix and song that's something that even in judgment day we had a whole one shot dedicated to even though gene fans already knew this but so to say this is a middle-aged gene where he wasn't replaced by the phoenix force i mean you know the only leeway i will give here is that grant morrison and their neo-x-men run in planet x gene says if i get too close to the phoenix it replaces me right it's an ambiguous line at best but i think greg pock and grant morrison did their best to try to make sense of the phoenix mythos so this kind of feels like this one sentence i'm like oh why wasn't there an editor there to like strike that um and to find a way to peacefully coexist with it yeah it's called white phoenix and gene was in the white hot room editorially for almost two decades or 13, 16 years, whatever. But Jean Grey was dead in the White Hot Room finding her pieces with the Phoenix. And we're going to do an episode about that. But anyway, so she has coexisted with the Phoenix. She better be wearing her White Phoenix outfit if she's coexisting with the Phoenix, right? The only person who can coexist with the Phoenix and it sort of be just like more of a powerhouse thing would be Rachel Summers. But when Jean Grey coexists peacefully with the Phoenix, that means she and the Phoenix are one in the same and they've transcended this mortal coil. And they're in the White Hot Room. They are White Phoenix. So mm, this better be White Phoenix that we're seeing in the series. Okay. I hope this is the return of White Phoenix. So sorry, guys. I We're going to start. I'm going to take it from the beginning here because I know I just ranted about Jean Grey and the Phoenix. I'm sorry. You can't do this to me on, on the 60th anniversary of the X-Men. You can't do it. OK. Christos. Essentially, the original X-Men are plucked from their era by an older Jean Grey, a.k.a. Phoenix from a different timeline. This is a middle-aged Jean Grey who wasn't replaced by the Phoenix Force. Instead, she found a way to coexist peacefully with it. Okay, wait, Phoenix. But now she's become aware of a deadly danger on another Earth in the multiverse, a problem even Phoenix can't solve. Only the original five can. Why? Because the problem is them. On this world, the original X-Men grew up and took over the world, amassing tremendous power, so much that they'll soon be turning their attention to other realities. Old Lady Phoenix chose these particular original X-Men because they have already been to their future and met their adult selves. in all-new X-Men series that began in 2012. Yes, Bendis' era. So they... (laughs) It's weird that we have to cite it here, but also it is over 10 years... I can't believe that story. It's over a decade old. Man, there were kids who were in, who were 10 years old who are now 20 that started reading the 05. There were kids who were still in middle school or graduating college when the 05 came back. That is wild to me. I was already, I was in my late 20s so <laughs> when the 05 came out. But anyways, so, so they have some experience with this sort of thing. It's up to them to find a way to either convince their older selves that they're making a horrible mistake or somehow defeat these far more powerful versions of themselves. Basically, it's all about your younger, idealistic self coming into conflict with your older self, jaded self, who's made compromises and given up dreams in order to survive and do what they think is best, even if that means making hard choices along the way. We got some art here from Greg. You know, White Phoenix, you know, it's drawn all over the place with the, you know, with the with the black, you know, neck and, you know, with the Phoenix emblem, it's supposed to just be for Green Phoenix. So is this Green Phoenix they're seeing here? I don't know. I mean, they've drawn it with Dark Phoenix and White Phoenix. So an eagle eye editor should catch that. You know, you should hire Gene Stans. Anytime Gene Grey is on a panel, just hire Jean Stan as a consultant. We will pick that apart. Okay, Adventures in Poor Taste goes on to ask, how did the chance to write this story celebrating the X-Men 60th anniversary come about? Crystal says, I got an email from editor extraordinaire Sarah Brunstad, who, of course, is the editor for the Jean Grey series as well, asking if I'd be interested. And I really was, but I didn't think I'd have time in my schedule, especially when I learned it would be an oversized 30 page issue. Okay, 30 pages. There we go. Thanks for dropping that hint there. Uh, luckily, we were able to make it work, and I say luckily because I subsequently found out that artists would be Greg Lynn, who I've been a huge fan for for many years. I remember getting a sketch from him at San Diego Comic-Con back in 2003, a few months before I got my first job in comics. So it is incredibly cool to be doing a story with him about the original five, no less. What can you tell us about this multiversal mystery the original five get wrapped up in, asks Adventures in Portes. Christo's answers, I don't want to get too deep into fear of spoilers. But basically, there's a question of why the adult original X-Men have gotten to this point. Is it just a case of people's values changing as they get older, like the hippie turned hedge fund manager? I mean... All of our morality changes as we grow older, right? The, the the morals I had at 16 aren't the same that I have now as I approach my 40s. I wouldn't say it's hippie turned head fund manager extreme, but you have these little compromises along the way. Or is there something more nefarious to foot? Oh, I hope it's something more nefarious to foot. Hopefully they're, they're possessed by Shadow King. <laughs> Sorry. So I haven't had my coffee this morning. So let's break down everything. We, we, we've we got a lot of information, even though it's been very little. Okay, so it's going to be an oversized 30-page issue multiversal saga where old lady phoenix Plexi 5 from their timeline these poor 5 they're like we just want to stay here and grow up please so they're gonna be plucked out of their timeline and brought to another universe because it's a situation that phoenix can't even solve what are they doing that jean gray one with the phoenix can't solve i mean she can literally amputate realities when she is one with the phoenix what is she doing i want i want to know (laughs) Wait, what, what are these O5 doing? I want to know. It, it really is a big question mark for me, but it's fine. It's fine. Okay. So my next question is are their memories going to be unlocked from their time in the present? I, I would assume so. But didn't we already get the story in Gene Gray number one? Where what if the O5 don't forget and they try to reshape the world and Gene becomes this tyrant? And adult Gene has to amputate that future. So I don't know. This seems a little redundant. And especially since it's the same editor working on both these titles, I would be like, I don't know. We already kind of did the O5 trying to, you know, compromise their morals and protect the earth. And Gene ended up going Dark Phoenix and her dead adult self had to reset the timeline. So I don't know. <laughs> Again, I just, I don't get why we're getting that, but sure, 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 sure. And, you know, them confronting their older self, that was the entire premise of Bendis's all-new X-Men. We have years worth of stories of the O5 being in conflict with their adult self, especially when adult gene came back to life. Teen gene and adult Jean, but it heads quite a bit. Cyclops, teen Cyclops and Cyclops, but it adds quite a bit too. Hank and adult beasts. Uh, butted heads. You know what I mean? Angel was perplexed. Iceman has an entire story about coming to terms with who he is and confronting his adult self. So, I don't know. I, I what? Sure. I mean, those were pretty well thought out, heartfelt stories. You know, whether they land or not, you know, to the readers, up to everyone's you know, own personal taste. But you can't deny that there was thought behind these stories and setup. So, why do a one-shot where the 05 are essentially... Do- I don't know. I just... It just uh, feels a little redundant. But anyways, okay. Okay. Um, everyone has a favorite X team. As a writer, what do you find most appealing about the 05 and their d- dynamic? My personal favorite team is probably the claremont Cochrane Burn era, the one I first encountered. But part of that involves seeing the original team referred to as sort of legendary figures who started it all. Then, when I was actually able to read some of those stories through reprints in Amazing Adventures and Back Issues, it turned out they were teenagers who usually felt like they were in over their heads. So that's really a big part of the appeal for me. No, oh, I like that. I, I I really like that. I do. I think that's great. I love that these legendary X-Men are, were actually just teenagers in over their heads. That's, that's how any great myth is created, right? It's like reading about the founders of our country and finding out that some major event happened to them when they were like 20 years old. Oh, my gosh. I try to think about what it would be like to be at that age dealing with the things young people are facing at that point in their lives and then also confronting all these life and death situations, which isn't the unusual, frankly. Teenagers enlisted in the military every day or contend with life-threatening illnesses or natural disasters. Perfect. That is a beautiful quote, Famila. You know we love our quotes here. Okay, and this Greg Land art is looking really great. I do like this page quite a bit. Adventures in Portes, we're ending the interview with, finally, the solicitation for the original X-Men number one teases one of the X-Men trapped in the world as we know it and larger ramifications for the Marvel Universe. What can you share about the scope of the story beyond original X-Men number one? Christo says, so there are definite ramifications so there are definite ramifications beyond the one-shot. The story will continue. However, it's kind of intentionally vague. It's not promising it's one of the original five. Ah, if they even survive this adventure. Though I'm not saying it's not. And that might be, better phrase, a larger ramifications for the Marvel multiverse. And that's where the interview ends. Um, This is Old Lady White Phoenix gonna be the one who survives she's the one who exists outside of time presumably if she's plucking people from other times um if one of the o five so if one of the o five don't survive that's definitely going to have major ramifications for you know the current six one six are we getting a larger Marvel Multiverse story I guess it would make sense because we do have secret Wars. And Kang Dynasty coming up some some sometime sometime. So are we are we gonna get a multiverse story in the comics? We do know they love to tie in what's happening in the MCU to the comics. I you know let's assume it's one of the 05. My 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 feeling would be it should be Gene. Right, she's the most interesting one. Gene or Bobby should be the ones that you keep in the Gene, Bobby, or Scott if you're doing the 05. <laughs> those three, you know, in, in in that order, I would do Gene, Iceman, and Cyclops. I, if it's not the 05, I guess the bad guy who, you know, is pulling the strings with the 05 being corrupted, right, is if there is a larger bad guy or White Phoenix. All right, so the, the, that's my top five guess either Teen Gene, Teen Bobby, Teen Cyclops, or Old Lady White Phoenix, or the bad guy of the book will find themselves in the 616. I, You know, it's fine. I, I, I will tell you, I think uh, kudos for trying to make this interesting. I think they should have gone the route of doing an X-Men first class. Why are we celebrating the X-Men 16th anniversary now at the end of the year, when they've had all year to set this up? I, I don't know. You know, they did an anthology back X-Men Voices back in August. So why didn't they just make that, you know, kind of like a celebration of the X-Men 60th? Why didn't we get this earlier in the year? I I, I don't know. I, I, you know, set up a larger X-Men multiverse story. I always thought the House of X, Powers of Ten, Moro, Multiple Lives was leading to an X-Men multiverse story. Apparently this is now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm fine with the announcement, neither here nor there. I think it's sort of a, you know, it's kind of a shrug. I guess we'll wait and see. It's not getting me particularly excited. And that's one of the things that I'm telling you about the current Xbox that I'm kind of just like sad about was that there was really great hype with the Hellfire Gala and, and its fallout but there, there are reports that in the spring that comic book sales weren't that good. We don't know how comic book sales are doing because you know official numbers are no longer being released. I used to get mine from Comicron. I don't know. I, I say Comicron.com, but then now we're getting reports that since the Hellfire Gala sales have picked up. And I, I used to work in book publishing. So when you release something... Other things benefit. It's called a halo effect in the marketing term. So yeah, of course, like right now that we're seeing a halo effect from the Hellfire Gala because now we have Fall of X and people are intrigued on what's going on there. But I would tell you, I think the hype is significantly diving. Why not? Why why not build out something bigger for your characters? But once again, Fall of X isn't even over, and we're now teasing a new Marvel multiverse. X-Men event. You know what I mean? And I think we're getting kind of tired. I think there is event fatigue. I'm sorry to say. I wish stories can just marinate. And I've been thinking about that term, event fatigue, because I've talked about it before on the podcast. I hate it. Joe Casada said it in reference to AVX, right? They are like, oh, I know we have event fatigue, so we're kind of going to like pull back and not do it. But I also, on the other hand, understand why we're getting these announcements, because we're getting the books being published today but marvel is planning books already for 2024 and you have to send out solicitations to retailers to comic book store owners so they can start ordering comics so you know you might as well make it a marketing announcement so you know I, i'm sympathetic on that end. putting on my marketing and publishing ad, I i get it but as a reader, I'm like, oh my God, we're not even done with Fall of X. And we're getting another event that's on the horizon. You know. Ah I really, once more, we have a, a, a we now even have a new X-Men team. Even after every year getting a new X-Men team, we have a new X-Men team being announced in November. We're being, you know, hinted at in, in November. Anyways, Familia, yay! There we go. The O5 are back. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. I know. You know, it, it, it's a lot to unpack—a multiverse saga with Old Lady Phoenix plucking the O5 to another alternate dimension because their older selves have been corrupted. So, let us know your feelings down below. Are you excited? It's great if you're excited. Please, if people are excited for these titles, slide into those comments and say why you are excited. Because I, I want to feel the excitement, and I haven't been feeling the excitement for for the X books in in, in quite a bit. I think Inferno and Trial Facnito from two years ago, that's sort of where my hype for the current slate of Xbox kind of died out. And, you know, where I will say that I didn't think the Hellfire Gala this year was particularly well done, I can acknowledge it's gotten a lot of people hyped and intrigued. So in that regard, I'm excited. That the X-Men are, are going through a really nice Halo effect. I hope this will be Very successful. Even if I don't like it I hope the books are successful I want the books to do well because if the X-Men do well, this channel does Well, the, the Instagram page does well People become very Excited for the books and they start getting Other people excited and, and myself, but no one has slid into my DMs To be like, bro, you gotta Check out this book. It is Great, you know It, it just hasn't happened so if you're excited leave your comments below give us your feel slide into our dms at power of x-men on instagram and we'll have more news as it unfolds for marvel's merry new Bats.